Welcome to the London Welsh Rugby Club podcast. This is episode 56. The build-up to the season continues at a pace for all our squads. Our women had a training match versus Teddington Ladies last week and have now got another coach on board to help Michael Griffiths. He is Lee Irvin and he's a backs coach. Their next pre-season match is on September 12th versus Tamesians. Both our performance squads were in action at Brighton last weekend and they both won their respective matches. And for those who turned up early, they would have seen the sight of the goalposts collapsing on one end of the ground prior to the kickoff. No one was hurt, but it did mean that all conversions were at one end and no penalties could be taken out the sticks. But it was great to see so many new faces playing for the club. 250 of our supporters present and all being able to watch our club play rugby. Now, our guest this week is a former player who played prior and post Project Reset and gives a great account of what playing for London Welsh means to him. Since retiring from top-end rugby, he has contributed enormously to the running of the men's squad and has been in charge of our social media output, which really like is like another full-time job. Our guest this week is head of men's rugby, Jonathan Shankland. Enjoy. Welcome to the pod, head of men's rugby, fellow director, former London Welsh player and social media guru for the club, Jonathan Shankland. How are you, Shanks? Hey, guy, you all right? I'm okay. I'm, uh, you're, I know you are a very busy man and I'm amazed I managed to squeeze some time into your schedule, even though it's a Sunday afternoon. Um, but as we're both at the Brighton game yesterday. Did you have a good day out? I had a brilliant day out. I thought a uh, really welcoming club. Um, and a really great performance from the performance squad. So, uh, Druids and the first team, really fantastic. No, so, it was, yeah, it's a good day. Yeah, it's good to come watch an away game, I must admit. Look, um, we'll start with your role as head of men's rugby. How long have you been involved with London Welsh as head of men's rugby? Uh, so, head of men's rugby um, since 2017. Um, so, effectively, since Project Reset. Um, so, when, when we... Um, were ejected from the championship and as you know you and I came onto the board um, so I think I initially came onto the board but wasn't head of men's rugby and then as we sort of um, took our time to grasp where the club was at that point uh, and then define some roles I think about six, six nine months later I was uh, head of men's rugby because we, we had that in the structure it was the role that most fitted and made sense really. No, definitely, especially as you're a former player as well, I understand sort of the dynamics of that. But what you know, what are the key aspects of the role so our supporters and listeners can understand? And, and, and I suppose, you know, why did you get involved in doing that role, really? Yeah, well, it's, it's interesting because um, even though we have defined job specs, as it were, if you can call it that, um, in, in, the, in the structure that um, Danny Griffiths' chairman set out, as you know, for all of us, um, the role, I really, I, I think, as you know, there's a lot of us on the board who do do a lot and kind of get our fingers in different things because we're so passionate about it. So, um, obviously, as head of men's rugby, the, the main the main part of that is oversight of the performance squad and men's rugby as a whole. So that goes from Druids, Dragons, up to the first team, um, a bit of the academy stuff that you obviously you know very well, uh, and up to the vets and just management of the whole player experience and. Um, on-field and off-field experience of the players as part of London Welsh men's. Um, so, yeah, so it's, it, that can be anything from player recruitment, um, interaction with the careers hub. So, 
what the, what London Welsh can offer players both on the field and off the field, um, and as well as players' daily lives. You know, how are they settling into London? How are they doing in life, especially in the last eighteen months? Um, how can the club help them more? As well as to the logistics of, of um, running the, the the team along with Kai as director of rugby. So. Um, Kai and I and Danny Griffiths is chairman as well and Shings and Will Taylor and Paul spend a lot of time together during the week which people don't see behind the scenes talking about training talking about the squad talking about the season where we are um, and um, where players are etc so yeah so it's a lot <laughs> no it, def- it definitely is a lot I, I understand that like I know it's um, you sort of briefly mentioned the pandemic there really in your answer but how challenging has it been to managing the squad during the pandemic because so we were you know, in March 2020, the season finished. We got, you know, eventually got promoted. And then we were, you know, working towards September 2020, recruiting. And then it was like, oh, training a bit, training's off, lockdown. And then we're going again, you know, this time, you know, for 2021. So h- how's that sort of, um, you know, been for you really and managing that situation? Yeah, I mean, it's tough in the sense that um, looking at, at where we were in March, February <clears throat> 2020, so that, the league, yeah, we, we, we were winning the league by a significant distance by that point. And I, I think, you know, it was well accepted that we would have won the league, um, probably gone on to be unbeaten the rest of the season, and apart from what we lost prior. Um, so, uh, you know, it was, it was worrying in the first instance because nobody quite knew what was going to happen. And then, as you know, a couple of weeks prior to the RFU's announcement, the WRU announced that there was no promotion or relegation. The Irish Rugby Union did the same. Um, we're sort of sitting there squeaky bums times. I mean, ultimately, uh, as Gwyn Williams, as, as you will know, a lot of us know, um, has said very well previously, it's not, uh, you know, it's it's a long war, if you like, in the terms of, um, of running a rugby club. And it's, it's not about individual battles, but it would have been a step back to our momentum since Project Reset if we hadn't. And as well, it would have been demoralising, I think, to the players and to the management if, we hadn't achieved what everyone, you know, was very sort of um, hell bent on achieving in that 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 five year plan. So, so no, it was tough because we didn't know where we where we were, we didn't know what would happen, and also on the logistical side, you're trying to build for a season that we thought may happen, and we don't know if it's going to happen. So, um, so yeah, it was tough in the sense that um, we had a bit of a moratorium period. We didn't know what was happening, and obviously, the, I think the RFU, to be fair to them. Um, made quite a good job of it um it's a very difficult decision to, decisions for them to make very difficult position to be in as a sort of regulatory oversight body um and they didn't take the easy option just say no relegation no promotion particularly because you know 80 percent of the season had gone um and obviously there will be clubs who who suffered from that and clubs who benefited and people will have their different views but i think to be fair they are they did a good job of that um, on the other side, the difficulty we had is obviously, as you know, and, and as many people listening will know, we've, we, we've had a hell of a journey in the last four years, and, and that's included a lot of players who want to be part of London Welsh, a lot of people who are coming both performance level and um, social level who just want to be part of what, what London Welsh is, is that, that bigger name and that good club vibe. Um, and the problem is in that period, lots of players coming wanting to be part of it and wanting to play for a great side and great coaching. And we, we, we couldn't give them any answers as to what was happening. And we had three or four false starts and we started pre-season as we normally would in July. Um, then through various lockdowns, it was on and off and then we were back on. 
and then Kai and, and myself and, and the coaching team as well very aware that that's a long pre-season uh, and we you know we effectively in pre-season for four or five months and um, effectively called it towards the end of September um, October when it was confirmed that we wouldn't be playing um, you know even in January and the season was off um, and then even then it's, it's worrying you know from the management and the club side as to how you keep the players involved keep them uh, you know, certainly players who are coming in, great quality players, certainly a lot of players coming from Wales as well. Um, and they haven't played for the club. So, that, you know, they've been on a load of socials with the club. And we've done our best to integrate them in the hub and, and various parts where they never actually played for the club. And you'll see that from the last two games we've had this uh, pre-season. So against Bracknell and against Brighton yesterday, um, we bedded 30 players in, of which there were 15, 16 now, I think, debuts. Um, all of which, are, well, a lot of half of those at least have been with the club for more than 18 months, but uh, never had the opportunity to play. Yeah, no, it's, a, it's been a massive turnaround. And I've seen that, I have seen in the pre-season, as you said, lots of new players have, have, have appeared for the club. But we're seeing some key players leave as well. I mean, obviously, in last week's guest on the podcast is Rodri Dawes. He's gone to live in Cardiff because of work. And Freese Williams, who played quite a you know, big part in our promotion season, our last season, He's, he's moved um, to the Midlands. Are there any other sort of people who may have retired or, or moved away or, or have we retained most of our players from you know, the previous season? Yeah, I mean, see, that's, that's the nice thing is, um, you know, lo- lots of clubs look to bring in players and certainly you've got two leagues. But one thing that, as you know, we've said previously, we, we are trying to do the right thing here for the club and for the players and for us as a community. We're not looking at just promotion for promotion's sake. We, we're doing it from a sustainable perspective. So, and that's been nice over the last four years in that you'll see from the match squad yesterday, there were six or seven players who were with us four years ago in um, Hearts of Middlesex 1, and indeed prior to that in the old um, and squad days. Um, and and that those players who, who weren't involved yesterday, a lot of players still around, still playing Druids or Dragons, or in, indeed pushing for the, for the performance squad. So um, retention of players is never an issue for us. And the players... That, because of the community we have in the club and how close everybody is. And, and indeed, to be honest, it's the level and quality of, of the setup that we have, both in coaching and facilities-wise. But um, but aside from that, the players that we do lose tend to be, as you said, players who move for work back to Wales or elsewhere in the country, uh, or indeed retire. Um, and as you said, uh, Rodri's um, moved back to Cardiff. Um, Reese um, has, at the moment, moved back to the Midlands, but let's watch this space in terms of whether Reese will be back with us soon, we'll see. Um, Sam Mahoney, is, as you may know, has, has changed jobs, um, so a, a long-standing over the last project reset years, and uh, we're working on him to see what we can do to, to keep him involved. But yeah, I mean, I can't off my top of my head think of any more players who, who, who we've lost, so no. And so that's the key thing, you see. So with all the recruitment we've had, right, and we're not losing players, that's a different challenge for you, Headman's Rugby, is how you keep everyone involved because you can't have a performance squad of 90 players and you have to have space and teams for these players to play. Yeah, it's, uh, it's great for our I mean, membership, that's... obviously having all those players, you know, um, paying their fees, but I think you know, they've got to play, haven't they? Yeah, exactly. It's difficult because, um, as you know, we've only got... I mean, we have a... When you say we can't have a performance squad of 90 players, we actually have. So we've got a playing squad of about 120 players of which 90 are first, second team, third team quality. Um, I mean, you, you can see from the last two weekends, we played Bracknell, who came down from the league above us, and Brighton, who finished mid-table in the league above us. Um, so, National 3, Southeast Premier, 
the good sides. Uh, and, and to be fair, and certainly yesterday against Brighton at times, we dominated that game. Um, and that's with 12 changes from the starting line of the previous week, uh, all um, tactically done by, by Kai and the coaching team to have a look at all of the players, simply because we've got so much quality. If you look across the, the playing squad, we've got a premiership, championship experience in, in England, premiership and championship experience, and Bucks premiership experience from Wales and across the country. I mean, we've got, I mean, you, you look at certain positions back row, we've got probably eight or nine players and three positions have all played. Um, really high Bucks Premiership, Premiership in the UK, English Championship, Welsh Premiership. It's, it's crazy. So yeah, it's, it's a different challenge in that um, you know players want to be in the kind of environment that we have and the kind of community that we have. I mean, it goes to say a lot. We took a, as you know, and people will know, quite a few boys from um, CS Stags, for example, um, and they haven't played for us for, for the whole time they've been with us. But they, it's almost like they've always been with us now. They, they're really good mates with everybody in the squad. They, they're out with everybody in the squad, and the, the, you know, the, the, it's really, it's that, as you know, it's that kind of community, it's that kind of, of club. No, so yeah, so we could, you, you say now we're going to have obviously we've got you know the first team with Druids. Are we going to have like a third and fourth team now um, going to this season? And yeah, again, so, again, fixtures in place for those. Yeah, so so we have so the Dragons, our third team, and obviously the the um, the Vets and Ockies as well. So so three teams and the Vets. Um, to be honest, we've got enough of five teams, um, but you know, season on season, what you don't want to do is overcommit yourself to leagues. Uh, what's quite good now is the, the, the Dragons, the third team, are in um, uh, the Merit Leagues, and the, Merit, the lower Merit Leagues are quite, it's quite good the way they've done it um, in the middle sector. Of, 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 so it's kind of a flexible system, so you will play sides that, that have teams that weekend. Now, the reality is we will always have a team because, let's say, the numbers we've got. But um, one thing we found in previous years with the third team is it's difficult when they're not playing for two or three weeks in a row because the sides they're against can't put a side out. Uh, yeah. I think that is going to be a problem that's going to, going to particularly be an issue when you've already seen in our league, um, Hayward Heath have pulled out London 1 South saying that they're not strong enough to compete looking at the league and you look at our league and it's, it's going to be a bun fight in that league. Um, uh, we're here this week, Stephen Age in the league below, gone, um, and you know, a, a bigger name at the moment, all the Altalmians in, in, in National One have gone. Um, you know, COVID will have a big impact on a lot of clubs, um, especially clubs who weren't in a particularly good financial perspective before um, the pandemic. So, so yeah, it'll be, it'll be an interesting season to see where, where clubs are coming out of all of this. No, that's definitely fascinating. But look, you know, I think we took. We briefly touched on recruitment, but how have you recruited so many players? You know, you talk about you talk about Swansea, Cardiff, Careers Hub. You know, it's a lot of people um, are involved in this, you know, and it's not just a one person's job. But we've recruited so well, and obviously in our, our club, the history of our club and what we provide uh, means a lot to, to people. So, you know, you know, how have we done it, basically, Shanks? Yeah, I mean, I think the, the, the best way to say that, and the thing to start off with for me is that we've done it because it's London Wealth. Um, now, a lot of people say you know, the work that, that, that I do, the work that Hayden Parry does in, in, with, the, with the hub, the work that you do, the work that we do with the universities, that everybody across the club does a, a hell of a lot of work um, in bringing players in. And that includes our connection, you know, Gareth Davis at the Welsh Exiles, um, and indeed connections with, with former players. You see Ben West coming back to the club you know, premiership and championship experience coming back from Ealing, you know, he's playing regularly in the championship last year. So um, it, it's a lot of it is just because it's London Welsh. 
Um, and I say to loads of people who ask how, you know, how has the last four years been? Has it been difficult? And the reality, yeah, it's been difficult because it's something you're passionate about. But actually, when you're working with such an incredible set of tools that, it, that is London Welsh and its history and the facilities and the coaching team, it's not a hard sell. Um, so, but but in, in practical terms, what, what we've done. Um, so it's a mixture, really, of various parts and facets of the club and various people. So, um, so the university side, we've got key now links with Swansea University, Cardiff Met University, um, which we, we forged during lockdown. That came from me, Kai, um, Grim Williams as well, because obviously Griffith's son is, is at Swansea. Um, and that's been a big help. Um, and Hayden in the hub. Um, we had a number of meetings with Swansea and with Cardiff um, in build up to how, how the relationship would work and how we would build it as part of the careers hub, as part of the, the um, offering players a base to land in London. Um, so looking at their employment, looking at their integration into London, looking at their focus, looking at what they want, what they want from the playing and off the, the, the playing field side. And really helping, you know, traditionally, I suppose, what London Welsh always did originally with the university side, which is helping Welsh boys come to, to London. But not, not just Welsh boys, the boys who, who, who are not Welsh, but have gone to Welsh universities and are, and are coming to London. Um, so we've recruited a lot of, as you know, Swansea and Cardiff met both in the Buck Premiership, so really high standard, you know, very, very high standard. You see the results over the weekends with um, Premiership Welsh times being run close by the Buck Premiership side. So there's a very high standard that we were recruiting from. And we've got um, three players in from Swansea at the moment, all, all top quality will be in the performance squad. Um, two of them um, have played in the first two, two warm-up games, so Jack Anderson, Ewan Gully. Um, will Ponty, unfortunately, played in the internal um, warm-up game a couple of weeks ago and popped his shoulders, so he's out for about uh, six weeks. Uh, but he, again, quality player. I've got Ewan Humphreys from Cardiff Met, who played yesterday, started in the centre, um, you know, quality player, had man of the match, well, close to man of the match the weekend before in the Druids um, in the second team against Bracknell. So, yeah, re, you know, the university side is going great guns. Um, aside from that, the other two facets are really what we've always had, which is just our links in, in the, the community, and that comes again, Welsh Exiles, with a lot of players coming in from the Welsh Exiles network. So, Oshin McAvoy at 10, um, Welsh exile. Um, uh, even look at Jacob Butler um, coming. You know, my mom was boy like myself. Um, but he's a good in, player, though. Similar, <laughs> very good player. Yeah, yeah, very good. Exactly, unlike myself. Um, <laughs> so no, so, you know, we got we got that that network, and that again is is various people who are connected to the club, and a lot of old strings that we've got, sort of um, tentacles that we've got across both the UK. Well, both England and Wales, all over over the UK, um, and again, a lot of people. Which which is just, I mean, Rowan Pixley is a classic example. So he, Rowan has been unbelievable over the last couple of seasons. You know, Australian, great player. You know, we saw him yesterday. He he is um, a very very high quality. I I'd go as far as say championship or higher level. He's a very very good player, and he just turned up <laughs> two years ago. So you know. Um, and aside from that, um, we, we're very blessed in the history of the club. So players like Ben West, who, um, you know, he's only 29 years old, just, and he's, he was exiting Ealing. Um, you know, he's played a lot of times in the Premiership for us and, and um, you know, 70 games all round for us in Championship, Premiership, um, and playing Championship rugby last year at the top of the Championship. Um, and he's come back to us at 29 years of age. 
um, because he loves the club um, and he loves, you know, what we're about and what, you know, the journey that we're on since Project Reset and also what the hub has. They're choosing us, some of these players, aren't they? Because some of these players have been offered, you know, to, to be paid to play at other clubs, and yeah. National 1 or 2, but they're choosing the environment that we've created at the club to, 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 to play for us, you know, because they, you know, they, they want to Absolutely, I mean... I mean yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the 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 players that we're talking to are being offered three or four hundred pounds a game to play, as you say, in Championship National One level, um, and they're coming to us. And we've had a number of, of players like that because of what we offer as a club as a whole and the community of, of what we have. And I think rugby. One thing that's come from the pandemic is rugby is is has changed certainly in the pandemic, and and we'll have to see with with where it all settles when it, when it's over but um you know the i think it, you lose something to a degree when you just play rugby for money um and you know it, it's ironic i suppose but from our middle term history that we're saying that but actually you know what london Welsh has always had is a, is a hell of a strong history and community and a heritage and you only need to see that yesterday at brighton where you, you've got 250 people there in the way game in a pre-season match and of which probably 200 of them are from london Welsh. so um you know it's a it, it, it's um yeah i mean and, and one thing that's very interesting is that the clubs that we play and, and the coaches that we speak to over the last couple of seasons and, and up to now can't believe certainly now it's london one south and looking at um, the level up at national three can't believe that we're not paying our squad um and they're asking us you know what are you doing to to attract the quality of players you, you attract and 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 the answer is quite simple that we're a proper rugby club um and that we look after our players um, in every possible sense it, it's very much a community so any you know as i always say to the players who've got issues i say look call us call me if you've got a problem whether we can help or not um you know call me because you're part of the club and that's what the club does so a big part of my job i mean I spend most of my time speaking to the squad about various innocuous things, but nothing to do with my role as head of men's rugby or as a lawyer. Um, but but that's what the club does. Uh, and you'll find that, to be honest, 95% of the problems that players have, the club can help with. And all of those are not involved with play, on the playing field. Yeah, that's great. That's great to hear all that. I think, look, you know, I think you've mentioned quite a few players there, but look, you know, um, and obviously you don't want to single out, you know, actual, you know, every individual but you know who should the supporters keep an eye out for this season do you know what I mean so and is the recruitment you know ongoing you know is it as was it never stops is it yeah I mean to be honest we, we are blessed in that we're, we're not going out there like many clubs uh, and saying right you know I see a lot of adverts in in the rugby press and on Twitter various rugby things people advertising for players and offering you know playing bonuses and all these things we, we're not all we don't do that we approach players um, who we know are interested, who already who are connected to the club already, or who have been sent our way through the tentacles that I just talked about. Um, so yeah, but, you know, we, we're not we're not desperate to, to recruit. The, 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 we've got an absolute embarrassment of riches at the moment. Actually, one of the biggest problems is selection. You know, Kai's job is, is you know, there's a number of us who chip in and, and give our views. But Kai's job as 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 um, director of rugby, picking that squad this year is going to be incredibly difficult. Um, so no, I mean we're always welcome to new players, um, and and we've got a number of players we're talking to at the moment, just um, to see what we can do with the fund as, as a community. Um, so no, it's not not that we're we're not actively out there to, to, to fill positions that we think are weak in. I don't think we are at all, um, but we're always talking to players. In terms of who to look out for, I mean I, I wouldn't want to single anybody out, but um, 
you know, you'd have to go a long way not to have a look at how Ben West goes this year. Um, Luke Crocco, many will know we've recruited four Welsh sevens captain. Um, and uh, to be fair, all of the players that, that people would have seen in the performance squad so far. I mean, Andy Black, who's an old favourite to the crowd, and a hell of a game yesterday. Rowan, you can never look far beyond that. A brilliant game yesterday. Players coming back. Adam Cole, um, you know, had a great game yesterday in, in the back row. Matt Williams, who came to us from Newport to play Harlequins A. It was his first game yesterday. He was unbelievable. Um, so, yeah, and then you look, you look at, at the backs. Um, Jacob Butler wasn't playing yesterday, but he's been exciting in pre-season. Um, Austin McAvoy, we've talked about um, coming to us this year. He was previously a national one with the Rams. Um, he's mercurial. Um, so once he, he gets used to playing again and finds the feet, I think he'll be, he'll be a, a good player for us. Um, yesterday's centre part should be and Humphreys and um, Young Gully. Uh, but last week, obviously, we had Andrew Doctor uh, and um, Ellis Taines, an old favourite. So it, it, it's incredible. Reese Howells coming back yesterday from, from not playing for a while, played for the Druids. Um, you know, is going to be is going to be there or thereabouts. And it, it, historically, has been a great player for us. There's loads. I mean, I can go on. <laughs> no, no. I, look, look. I know. Look, and you're right. You know, Kai has got a very challenging job. Sele- you know, selecting the players, trying to keep everyone happy. Look, you know, I was chatting to some of the players, and they cannot wait to play at Oldie Park. They cannot wait to play in front of yeah, our supporters. Exactly. So our supporters are in for a exactly. treat. See a lot of these new characters. No, and I think one of my favourite things from yesterday is just seeing a photo of the players back at Oldie Park with some of our women's squad and a few drinks. You know, a lot of them are new faces and everyone's, you know, and that's, you know, we're a community club and that's what it says to me. Like, win or lose, you can have a few sort of social drinks afterwards, get to know each other. It was just, just, just great and epitomises yeah. the type of club we're we are. Really. the booze. <laughs> well, you know, it doesn't, yeah, doesn't, no. always, <laughs> it doesn't always have to be an alcoholic drink, but look, I think it, it, it was great look and uh, I know lots of people have been involved in recruiting, but you played a massive part in keeping the squad happy for 18 months and it's going to be very hard for you the next 12 months keeping everyone happy, you know, because in the first, seconds, thirds, but I think once we get into the season, you know, I can't wait to see uh, how we get on. But look, I want to talk a bit more about you and your rugby journey, really, because you've actually played for London Wales for quite a number of years. But you, you, as you mentioned, as you alluded to earlier, you went to Monmouth School and played rugby there. Is that where you sort of first started playing rugby, Shanks? Uh, no, so I mean, I only went to Monmouth School latterly. I mean, I so I'm I'm from Abergavenny and I went to school in Pontypool. So I played. Um, from well, actually, I started playing rugby when I was seven uh, for Ebervale, Ebervale RTBs, as they were, as it, as it is the junior section. So, I played Ebervale RTBs from seven till I was 11. Then I went to Westmont Comprehensive School in Ponypool and started playing Ponypool when I was 11. And I played Ponypool from 11 till 18. Um, and Ponypool schools, Gwent schools, that kind of thing. Um, and then when I was 18, went to uni, so I went to Liverpool Uni, and I played for Liverpool, obviously. Um, actually, same as Jacob Butler, but obviously a lot years, a lot many years earlier. So what was that um, like? What's the standard like? Was, you know, because we were talking about box rugby now, but maybe in those days it wasn't. Yeah, it's very, it's very different now. So I mean, we didn't have the Premier Bucks Premiership or anything like that. So we were champions. We 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 were in the league below the the, the top league at the time. Um, so it was, so it, I think it's what. Um, uh, what Premier North, or whatever it is now, just below Bucks Premier, but but it was a totally different. Um, it, it wasn't as serious or as um, you know the, the universities are almost like academies now. It's, it was much less organised and and there was no money in it. And it, you know, in terms of 
um, facilities and infrastructure and, and being connected with big big club. I, mean, I I was Liverpool were connected with Oral at the time, and I played for Oral, which many will know is, is a big name and North was a big name, but still is a big name. But and I was at Oral when they went bust, so um, um, so you could say I've been at two clubs <laughs> um, doing financial difficulties. But yeah, so so I played for Oral when I was in for a bit when I was in um, Liverpool. Uh, played for Liverpool Uni mostly, um, and then um, and then I, w- I went back home after uni um, and played uh, played back home for Thanish and in Cardiff for a while. When I, well, I say back home, I moved to Cardiff for, for a year and played for Thanish and in Cardiff, which was Nat two in Wales at the time. Um, but, but what were your asp- aspirations, Chance? What was your aspirations when you were sort of growing up? Because we've, we've sort of rattled through that, and, it's abs- and that's absolutely fine. Um, but did you have any aspirations of, like, of how serious you would take your rugby? You know, because you're playing. Like, yeah, you know, well, I mean, I I, I got a um, uh, sort of scholarship to go to Monmouth, um, so I went to my local comp until 16. But we didn't have a um, sixth form, so it was either going to Ponypool College or um, you, you you always had to sit an entrance exam to get into Monmouth, but um, my parents wouldn't be able to afford it fees-wise in, in, in Monmouth. So I, I got a, a scholarship, which was various things, but one of which was rugby. And um, and John Bevan was just starting as the um, head of men's rugby at Monmouth. And many will know John Bevan, you know, Lions and Wales, great. Um, and uh, and he, he was brilliant. I mean, he was a lot, a lot of the boys actually in the squad. So Lloyd Davis, who's 10 years younger than me, he was he, he went to Monmouth and he played Monmouth first team and he was under... Um, John Bevan. Even up to now, we've got uh, Ben Watson, Jacob Butler in the first team. They they've still um, been under John Bevan over the years. He's had a massive influence. A lot of players who are in the, the squad or in and around the club now. Um, so it, it took a step up for me when I went to Monmouth because it's a very serious. You know, it's, it's different. You know, you play rugby. I mean, even playing for Ponypool, um, it was a big, huge club. But when you go to Monmouth, which is on the, the proper rugby circuit, playing against you know Millfield and um, Colston, you know, big rugby schools, and, and and actually the first time you you look at rugby with facilities. <laughs> so we had you know we had a training program facilities, you know, and and it was for the first time. And this is we're looking back in two thousand and one, so a long time ago. Um, but it was the first time you know nutrition and whatnot came into, and we were going having swimming after after games and things like that. you know it was. It was early days of what is now professional rugby really in academies but yeah so took a step up for me going to Monmouth because that's that's you know the first time that rugby was a very serious thing um and then as I say went to Liverpool um as to aspirations I don't know you've always got big aspirations as a world rugby player but um I think mine was just a you know I was never going to be a fully professional rugby player um simply because um you know my my profession kind of caught up with that and it just did. So I've played, you know, <laughs> played a bit of played a bit of semi pro stuff over the years, but um, as you know, but um, yeah. So um, so yeah, and, and then eventually I um, I went back up to Chester to do my law finals in the College of Law, um, and I played for I lived in Chester and played for RGC, um, which is really interesting as part of you know, the RGC's rugby path. So. RGC now as they are in the Welsh Prem side. Um, so at the time they were very fledgling and it was based out of Wrexham. And um, they were they were looking for South Wales players who, who, who were relatively decent to in and around or prepared to come to North Wales. And I was kind of already there. So I went to play for RGC um, for a while, as well as Riffin um, in North Wales. 
and um, yeah, so I know a lot of the Ripping Boys quite well. Um, uh, yeah, so so I I did that for um, that was for two no eighteen months roughly while I was doing my LPC, um, and uh, actually one of the best players I played with. So Avian Lewis Roberts, who some will know, so he played for Ripping and then went to Sale. Yeah, um, he was when we played. So when I was at Ripping, um, we played at the National Three. Uh, the first to actually plant, um no it was I think it was us we were one of the first North Wellian sides to go and play even though I'm not from North Wales obviously to go and play in the in the National League in Wales and um, Avian was top price scorer uh, that season from Prop. Uh, he was unbelievable um, you know really good player only got one cap for Wales but um, deserved more I think but, yeah, I've so got, got interested in Rithin because my sister's just moved up to Rithin and uh, and her neighbour is a guy called Johnny who uh, I think was a prop they're probably he's probably in his mid fifties now, but he's probably played for them for twenty five okay. years. But it's been great. Look, I've so I've been, I'm looking forward to going to watch Rithy when I go go play for a weekend. You know, but look, yeah, no, Kaival, Kaival is a great place to go. Yeah, no, I've seen the pitch. Look, it was it was not about my sister. It's about you. But you then went to um, <laughs> when we talk about like we interviewed Michael Griffiths see, a long time ago now, and he he was a, a member of a club that you were, you played at, and when he was in the in the yeah, club, I was coming. Yeah, I, th- I think when you when you when you relatively good at rugby, but you 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 travel around a lot because of university and then profession. So I went to Birmingham because I got a training contract in um, um in, a, in a law firm in Birmingham to train. So this is two thousand and five, um, and so I went moved to Birmingham and I went, originally went to Mosley, and I was at Mosley for probably about six months, um, and. Was kind of in and around, but never got a, a sniff properly in the, in the, what was the championship side at the time. So I then ended up going, um, which is actually a lot of people do, is that if they don't quite make it at Mosley, they either go to DK, so Dudley Kingswinford or Stanbridge at the time. Um, so I went to Dudley Kingswinford. We were in. It's, it's difficult to tell now because I can't figure out how the leagues have gone because the leagues have been restructured twice since then. But I think when I first went, they we we um, so if you remember Sean Perry, it's from yeah. off, England, from off. He was at DK and they got up into national two and then a playoff in national one and they lost and, and they come back down the year after. So I think I joined them at national three. Um, and I think Mike Griffiths, embarrassingly, was in the sort of, you know, under 16s or something. And, um, and so, so I knew him and, and I was there for two or three seasons while I was working at Birmingham. Um, and, um, and he came up and I think he was just pushing into the, he was sort of 18, 19, pushing into the first team kind of reckoning just as I was leaving Birmingham, uh, but got to know him relatively well. And then he popped up in London and, you know, it's just the, it's just the, the rugby family, isn't it? Just people follow everybody around, but, um, so, yeah, so small I, world. I played, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Did, so uh, what, sort of, what sort of crowds um, did they get though? Um, at that level, you know, what, how many people are you playing for? Uh, not a huge amount. I mean, it's, it's a good, you know, black country kind of club. So maybe 100, 200 people. Um, yeah, Mike was saying the same. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a great club and a, and a big club in the area. But, but, you know, you get kind of, you don't realise, you, well, you only realise, I suppose, when you, when you look at London Welsh and what, what we get then to watch us play is embarrassing. But, but yeah, I mean, decent crowds for, for what would be a national three, national two side, yeah. So did you leave there then when you moved to London and then when you came to London, there's only one place for you to play, you thought, and did you come straight to London Welsh to play your rugby? Yeah, so I moved to London and to be honest, I had about a year, a year, almost a year a season of not playing. And um, that's simply because coming to London as, as part of what we do in the hub and, and the, the, the club mentoring as a whole, you know, 
a lot of people know how difficult it is to come to London because it's a great place, but it's huge. If, if you're not used to a, a big city, let alone any city, um, you come to London and it's easy to get swallowed up with work and, and just the things that London offers. Um, uh, so I didn't, I didn't play really at all for, for about almost a season. Um, and then uh, again, it's, it's the Monmouth connection. So um, um, Will Davis, who you'll know, um, I went to school with and he was playing in the old amateur setup at the time in the first team, which was the Druids at the time. Um, so he was playing in the old Ams team, along with a couple of other boys from Monmouth. So Johnny Raymond, who was a year below me. Um, uh, Lloyd Davis just sort of come into the, 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 the setup. And yeah, so there were a couple of boys um, playing for Monmouth and a couple of boys from Brecon College, but boys from Llandubri. Um So I got to, to come down and play and then, and then started playing seriously for, for the Ams side at the time um, in sort of 2012. Um, 2011, 2012, um, and played for three or four seasons. No, four or five seasons. I, I don't know. Who knows? Um, well, up until 2017, I, mean, I, I was I was effectively not going to play anymore. I didn't. I did. I think I played one seat, one game the season before, um, before the, the the pro squad went into liquidation, and I only really came back to to start playing a game properly because. Of, of the way the club, you know, it, it needed its, it needed people. You know, that definitely. Look, what was it? What was it like the dynamic between the pro pro squad and the amateur side? And what was the vibe, overall vibe, of the club like back then? Because it's, you know, it's quite easy. The amateurs was like in a way forgotten about, really, weren't they? Um, on the playing side, yeah. I, I know mean, we had to, that minis and youth and women degree, players, but it's just, it's just like, yeah, to a degree. I mean, it's funny because looking back at it, it you know, London Welsh has always to me been a very close club. Um, and I've always, you know, it's, it's an amazing place to be, but I've always experienced that outside of the professional team because the professional team weren't really involved with, with much of what we did at Albia Park. And certainly when they came back from the Kazam, they were a bit more involved and, and we, you know, from a coaching side, we had a lot of support to a degree. Um, but but they, they, it, it wasn't that integrated. Um, and to be honest, uh, when, when the, the pro side went into liquidation, from a day-to-day Aldia Park setup, running perspective, it wasn't that much different. Um, so yeah, so I mean, I, I, looking back, there wasn't a great degree of, of integration. No, fair enough. But obviously, you you you, you played for those five or six years, and there's no playing record. So I reckon you're probably top try scorer, most appearances, you know, all that sort of thing in those five years. But well, there are uh, there are playing <laughs> records for Hearts, Middlesex, One Shank. So uh, there was no hiding place there, were there? So I think even my, my brother came to watch. He always asked, like, you know, where should that, that winger? Do you know what I mean? Because they kept talking about you because you had a few, you know, obviously quite a few good games. But what was it like? From, you know, again, we've asked. Uh, Lloyd Davis, what was it like for him? But you know, you've been, you've been there a long time and you're really involved now. What's it like, you know, having played in front of you know fifty people maybe as amateurs, and you're amateurs now, been half been six one in front of the ODP faithful? Yeah. It's a massive difference, isn't it? Well, it's it's a massive difference, and I mean, it, it ups you again. I mean, I I so when I came back, when when we were in, in we we sort of came back from Project Reset in that first year. I hadn't really played for a season, and to be honest, I, you know, I was 36, almost 37 then. Um, so not, not the right age to be thinking about, you know, playing your first first team games for London Welsh. So, um, but, you know, I, and I played. So the highest I played, I played a bit very briefly in that one, and then mostly in that two and that three. Um, 
yeah, which is a relatively good level. But but by the time I'd come back, but that by that point, that was a good number of years. That was five years since I played at that that level. Um, so and we, and we weren't playing in front of fifteen hundred people at that level either. So um, so yeah, it, it was. I mean, to me, I mean, aside from the level, you. People who love London Welsh, to, to say you've played London Welsh first team you, is just something that I'll be eternally proud of and eternally grateful for. Um, for me, it, it, it's you know, the club means so much more than just a rugby club. Um, and I would have, you know, I would have played for the Druids, I would have played for the Dragons, and I still play for the Vets. I'd have played for any other side. It doesn't really matter. Um, so, um, so yeah, but it was great. I mean, my one of my best playing experiences irrespective of say of level um as you might remember so in the first home game we had from project reset was against stains at home and actually funny enough rocky was coaching stains at that time um and uh, i scored two tries and got my match and i was playing with uh, sunny parker inside me and tom may inside me um which was a bit of a uh, you know blanket ride really but um, but yes, yeah, so, and that you know that kind of thing is one of those things that just before you realise you can't play rugby anymore because you're just too old and not very good. Um, it is great to have got that in whilst I still could, you know. And I mean, if anything, I mean, lot, lots of players have said this. I'm sure Kai would say the same to a certain degree. You wish you were younger because I would love to be involved at, at, at my peak with this squad and where where London Welsh is on the journey now. I would love to be young enough to still be involved. Um, and well, stay young enough, still be good enough, really, um, to still be involved. Because I would love, I would love. You know, it's a great. What we have is something very special. Look, you know, you'd be fighting for your place with the sort of number of players we've got in the squad. But no doubt, you'd you'd eke your way into that first 15, 15 chance. I know that. But your fi- <laughs> your final, I suppose, first team appearance was in the Middlesex Bowl final. So not a bad way to go out winning a trophy, really, is it? With some of your sort of mates and you know co players now. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And that's what it is. I mean, um, the great thing, as I said, it mentioned earlier, we've got so many players who've been with us and still playing in the performance squad this year, you know, quality players who've been with us throughout that journey. You know, Reese Howell's a classic example. You know, came to us as a Wales under 16, Wales under 19, came to us from Isha, played, you know, quality, high-level rugby, and is a quality player. Um, and, you know, having players like him come and play for us when we were in parts of Middlesex 1 is, is, you know, yes, it's great because it's a great club and, it, and it's not, it's more than just where we were playing at the time. There was a story behind it. But still, we owe so many people in the club, including the players over that period, a great, a great deal. Oh, definitely. But you mentioned uh, you're still playing for the Vets. So you are going to keep playing for the, the Ockies Vets <laughs> when they have these Friday night fixtures. So Friday night lights at ODP, yeah, wasn't although, it? Yeah, exactly. Was, yeah. Um, although, every, I mean, it's been, what, two years since played. Actually, we turned out for our internal touch tournament we had um, in the summer, um, which is great because uh, you get carried away the first five minutes. Say, Christ, actually, I'm not too old for this. I can, I get, and then you wake up the next morning and think, oh, Christ, I can't walk. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I will. Yeah, I'll definitely play for the vets. And, and I think by some twist of fate, I'm captain of the vets. I think that's probably more because nobody else would do it. But, um, yeah, um, I will still turn out for the vets. And we've got some interesting games coming up from October, November onwards. So, yeah. Oh, that's good to look at. That's one of the I think good things that came out of the pandemic was the uh, ready for rugby tournaments that we had, where you had the under 18s, you know, women, the O2 touch guys, and also you know some of the senior men players 
all mixed up playing rugby together then having you know a social afterwards and i'd I'd love to think we can try and do that on a blank weekend um in the season so so we can just uh, bond the club closer together yeah absolutely i think the the, the funny thing is that a lot of the players that that have come to be part of us in the last 18 months two years the thing that really strikes them and the thing that binds people to the club is a how how big the club is so the huge mini juniors and cult section uh, and just coming, you know, players who are coming from clubs where they're struggling to get one side out uh, and they're turning up training with 100 people uh, in the performance squads who are not, you know, 100 people who are very good quality players. Um, and then the fact that the, it's not just about that, it's about the people socialising together, people working together, people it, on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, speaking to the hub and, and speaking to the, the wider community. Just to, it was not just, our club is very holistic and it's not just about Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday training and playing. It's about you know what happens in your day. It's part of your life. Um, I think that's what's really struck players. Even just as basic as the social scene, the club is incredibly close. Um, and and the, the whole of the performance squad, the women's squad, the vets, the, the youth. You see, most of our first team performance squad are involved in coaching the lower levels. You know, as you said, Tom Baldwin, Reese Howells there today. I haven't played yesterday. Coaching the under sixteen cult. Um, that's you know that's what a club is about. Yeah, that's great. Look, and uh, you, know, you did. You know, your one of your key responsibilities is uh, social media, um, and you're you're a sort of guru on that front. You know, that's it's it's relentless. That isn't it? You know, you talk about your how involved uh, yeah, you are as, I mean, as head of you know men's honest, rugby. I, I have no idea how that came about. Really, looking back at it now, I mean, as you you'll know, nine of us as directors on the board um, back in 2017. Uh, I think we would all say, even though it, 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 it's happened because of because of the support and the size of the club that we've inherited, but um, if you'd have said to us four years ago we'd be where we are now, we would have all said absolutely, thank you very much. Um, and a lot a lot of that has come because even though I said there's a bit of a grey line between our roles as directors and what everybody does, I think this is one of those grey lines in that. Um, what we inherited in 2017 was the professional social media and, and general media setup, which was which is a full time job. Um, in fact, it was a, it was a two person job and a media company at the time, um, which you know taking over is is a big it's, it's massive, but it's so important. Um, I mean, certainly in 2017, the, the the biggest issue we had is people just didn't know that London Welsh existed anymore. People thought we'd gone into liquidation and that was it. When in reality, far from it. Um, so social media and media generally has been a massive outlet for us. I mean, one, one thing that makes it easy is or it's easy and hard is you can't go a day or two days without some national outfit putting something out about London Welsh. So content-wise, everybody is interested in London Welsh. So you've got the national press, as you've seen previously, Sky, TalkSport, BBC, ITV. Everybody is involved with, with wanting things and wanting to know about London Welsh, WRU, RFU you know it's 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 manic um and also producing our own material that, that shows the club as it is and in its best light and um and it's important for the playing squad as well because it's nice for them to, to be recognized for them to feel to help to feel part of, of, of the club so yeah it's a it's a big undertaking and um the last couple of years or certainly this year hopefully now a bit more support in that respect and um yeah, I mean, I think our social media is one of our biggest outlets. I think we we do quite well. I think you do a brilliant. But it is a full time job. <laughs> you do a brilliant job, Shanks. So 
across both the men's and I think you know you've got to look after yourself as well and I think you know where you need to try and get some more support you know in both as former players who've retired who are no longer in out of the performance squad who could help out in men's and also that we've got people within um you know the club who could probably help out in social media but you, you know you do a great job managing that and obviously your proper job where you get paid for uh, as, a, as a lawyer do you know what I mean so you know on behalf of the club you know thank you doing that look you know so going back to head of men's rugby um what a what a target for our squads this year you know what what, what can we achieve so bit with one eye on kai listening to this um the reality is we, anything less than promotion for the first team and the second team let's say the second team. so the druids and it's interesting because we've we where we started four years ago we were down in, in merit league four um uh, and a Merit League One Premier, Merit League Premier, is actually um, equated to level seven um, in, in the rugby pyramid. So it's quite a high level. Um, and there isn't the long term ambition possibly would be enter the Zoo Leagues. So the Zoo Leagues are effectively where the second team, third teams of Richmond, Roston Park, et cetera, are playing. Um, and Jersey uh, and Vit Amtil, various other championship sides. So that would be the long-term goal is to be in the zoo leagues with them um there is again a big step up from i suspect from um, um the uh the merit league premier to that um, but every year has been like that and i think there is a lot of stake taking stock as you know every year because when you even though we've got an incredible structure and facilities and and, and huge club behind us we have which we have to remember gone up 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 every year um, and there was always a degree of adjustment because we're not, you know, London Welsh historically is not used to even playing in these leagues, so we don't really know anything about them. Um, so when you, you know, playing against Brighton yesterday, for example, so the league above us in, in National Field, Southeast Premier, um, games like that are very useful because they help us know what the standard is in and around these leagues so that we know what to expect. Because, you know, and that's for no other reason than we just don't know. Uh, and I think after COVID as well, I'm not sure anybody knows uh, what kind of size you know, teams are going to be putting out. So, um, so no, it, ambition has always been clear. Um, it, we, we had a, a very clear plan project reset, which is four promotions in five years, five seasons, to take us back to the National Leagues, the Southeast Premier. Um, if we get promoted this year, then that will, look, that will achieve that goal with a year to spare. So we would have done it in four years flat, uh, taking COVID out of, out of the equation. Um, now, Technically, you would say we've got we've got two years to get promotion from from um, London one, and I'm not taking that neither any of the players or the coaching squad for, for, for granted because this is a this is a good level of rugby. There's some good players here, and some good teams, proper clubs, um, and I wouldn't give anyone any disrespect to say that we're not taking them. You know, certainly as as with with the due credit that they should have. Um, but that said, with with my Kai hat on and with my realistic hat on. I know the strength of our squad. I know the players that we've got, and I know what we can do as, as a squad. And to be fair, it is it, you know I would be very surprised if there is any club in the country um, at our level with the kind of players that we've got. Um, and with that hat on, you have you would have to be disappointed if we didn't achieve promotion. Yeah. So we move our two pieces and friendlies. We move on to Cardiff next week. Look. Um, just, just want to wrap this up, you know, in, in terms of like what London Welsh means to you. Because you've been with London Welsh now for te for ten years, and you can see you love the club for, by what you how you've answered some of the questions today. So, but you know, what does you know to you, you know, being part of London Welsh mean to you, Shanks? 
Um, I mean, it's, we could have a whole hour on this, but uh, I mean, it, what it means to me is, is first, first off, like many players, as we say to players who are coming now and part of the hub, coming to London is difficult. And um, what I found in London Welsh was, was a home, uh, friends, um, a rugby club. Um, uh, and actually, it's in that order because rugby is, is, a, is huge and it's a huge part of it. But actually, it's more than that. It's a home and it, it's, a, it's a community. It's, a, it's friends. Um, and I've made lifelong friends. I mean, Dan Jones, who, who you know very well, um, probably my best friend now. And, and I met him in 2012, turning up to play for London Welsh. Um, and you know, Dan's uh, had a baby now and, and is, is playing less. Um, but captain of the Druids, you know, a couple of seasons ago, and, and again, very good player himself. But friendships like that, which even someone who isn't as involved in playing at the club anymore, he'd still be down the club every time he can be with his wife, with the dog, and with the um, Osh, who, who was who was my godson. So it's a, it, it's you know, it, that that really epitomises what London Welsh means to me. But then again, on the on the playing side, it's also pride, um, pride of, of what London Welsh is historically. Um, and many, many, many generations of not just Welsh people, but people who are coming to London and being part of London Welsh, being part of the various journeys over the years. Um, it's kind of our turn at the helm, if you like, and um, our turn to do that name and that badge proud, as many, many have done years before. Um, and um, yeah, I, you know what it means to me is, is too difficult to put into words. But it's also what every, you know. I feel a real passion and, and you know, love is probably a strong word but for the, for the playing squad you know I you know you put so much into it and they put so much into it I feel very much you know I, I want everybody in the club and the playing squad to be happy to enjoy their rugby and to enjoy the community and to enjoy being part of us in London um, so yeah I'll stop there because I could go on but and that's great. Look at anyone who uh, who sort of sees you on a match day. If you're standing next to me, um, watching the game, tweeting away the scores, you're up and down, on edge, sitting down. Watch, you know, you, you love love the game, love the excitement of match day. But look, you uh, you you're, you're a great advocate for uh, for London Welsh, and yeah, we just we, we're just here at the moment, you know, helping the club along, and there'll be other people along the way doing the same. But you do a great job what you do, Shank. So look. I'm going to Cardiff. I know you're being you're being Cardiff. It's going to be a great weekend. See one of those classic fixtures of yesteryear, Cardiff against London Welsh on the Bank Holiday weekend. Uh, both our squads playing. But look, thanks for your time today and thanks for everything that you're doing for the club. Uh, long may it continue. Cheers, Shanks. Thanks, Gareth.